All right, good morning. We're going to be starting in 2 Timothy chapter 3, so if you have your Bible or tablet, I encourage you to go there. Uh, before we kind of jump into today's message, Worlds Will be Build a Life on, i got a few announcements. Uh, one, just wanted to give a quick update regarding Sound Words Bible Church. We are starting a Grace Bible Believers Fellowship here in Franklin, Tennessee, and um, there's been just delays uh, just due to waiting on permits and trying to get uh, the space, this coffee shop, uh, it's a, it's a great, uh, I'm sorry, Impact Sports. Uh, the owners there have been so kind to allow us to meet in their coffee shop. And it'll seat, it, you know, right around 25 to 30 people. Um, and they've been so kind to allow us to meet in there uh, just on the basis of love offerings. So extremely uh, generous of them and looking forward to that time. Now, hopefully looking to get in there anywhere after Thanksgiving and worst case scenario, hopefully by the new year. So um, just wanted to kind of make sure those who've been tuning in, if you're in the greater Nashville area, whether it's Murfreesboro or Nashville, Franklin, Columbia, Spring Hill, we're meeting, we're here, and we'd love to connect and meet with you. Uh, Second is Bible study. However, um, if you are in this area and, and you would like to get plugged in, we do meet Monday nights in Franklin, Tennessee at the Kurt Patrick's residence. Um, and usually the message starts at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, people normally come in, you know, an hour before just to hang out in fellowship. So if that's something you're interested in, please reach out, call, email, text uh, for details, and I'll get you connected there. Uh, third, we do have a podcast that we have now uh, created. Uh, it's if you go to anchor.fm uh, backslash soundwords Bible Church, all of the messages, uh, and I don't know how far back, maybe about two years, have been uploaded. And big kudos to Brother Kyle who took the time to convert all of the video files into MP3s. And, you know, it's funny, I had someone ask me, you know, what, what is a podcast? Well, <laughs> it's basically, uh, it's, it's internet radio, and it's a whole entire, um, I'd say, different pool of people that congregate in these different podcasts. So hopefully, uh, we have the one created, it's distributing it to things like Spotify, iTunes, uh, out, I think there's one that's Outcast, I can't remember all of them, but uh, I'll let you know when those get... Um, you know, fully distributed, uh, but just know that it's there. It's great for if you want to, you know, go on a commute, you can pull up any message that kind of looks like it's interesting. You can listen to the whole entire message really easy, right at your fingertips, and it doesn't eat up a lot of data. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The mission and the heartbeat of this ministry is based off First Timothy chapter 2, verse Three and four, where it says, God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So it's two parts. God wants men to be saved and he wants them to know the truth, come into the knowledge of the truth. And that's what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and reach folks any way that we can with the gospel of Christ. And hopefully, this new uh, podcast option will be able to reach people that we weren't able to reach before with the gospel of Christ. So uh, with that said, we're going to be jumping into 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Today's message is titled, Words to Build a Life On, and we'll kind of dive right in. I, I kind of really want to hit on really uh, four things 
I want to look at a, a parable that Jesus Christ taught in the Gospels. So I want to talk about the foundation, sound doctrine, and doing the Word. All right, so uh, first we'll jump into Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Paul writes to Timothy and tells him, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And we know the chapter leading up to Second Timothy chapter three, well, in Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen, Paul told Timothy to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All of the Bible is the word of truth. But we need to rightly divide it. We need to separate Paul's unique 13 epistles from the rest of the book because we get our doctrine for what God is doing today in those 13 epistles. But we could still learn so much from the Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So we can be reproved by the Scripture. We can be corrected by the Scripture. We can get instruction in righteousness all throughout the book. So with that said, I want to go into Matthew chapter 7. We'll go there. I want to read a parable. Then this was basically the end of the great address, the Beatitudes, what a lot of people like to call it. And in Matthew chapter 7, we'll be reading verse 24 through the end of the chapter. Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 24. Therefore... Now, this is Christ speaking, Jesus Christ in the flesh. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass that when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his, for, at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. So, we see here, and there's something that I think is incredibly valuable and stuff that we can pull out from this passage of Scripture. He compares, Jesus Christ compares two men. You've got a wise man that built his foundation upon a rock, and you've got this foolish man that built his foundation for his house on sand. And when the storms came and the rain fell and the winds blew, the guy on the rock it's completely sound, completely safe. They didn't have to worry about it. But the guy that built his house on the sand, that house, that house essentially just crumbled and, and fell apart. Now, like I said, in context of this passage of Scripture, Jesus Christ was speaking to the Jews. He was speaking to the children of the house of Israel. And... That's important for you to, to know because context is so important. Knowing who's speaking in the scriptures, when are they speaking, and to who are they speaking to. But we know all scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable. So, you know, I, I think about this passage of scripture and I, I remember what my life was before and after I first believed. 
I went 19 years basically atheist agnostic. I didn't believe in God. I didn't think he was real.、Uh, I was ra- raised up in a religion where I kind of saw past all the facade, and、uh, it just was one hour, one for the week, and that was it. And、uh, there was nothing living it out. I, I just I was completely、uh, I was behind, beside myself. I, I didn't buy into it. Then I remember, you know. My life and and where I was building it. I was that fool that built his life on the sand. I had nothing of substance to to basically hold me up through when life would hit, whether it was、uh, relationships and, and work or, or or just school, you know. And、uh, I was struggling. I, I didn't know where I belonged. I'd never fit anywhere. I didn't feel. I, I never had peace. I couldn't sleep at night. I was depressed. I was putting my stock in what other people thought of me, and man, this world can just beat you down to your knees. It's unbelievable. There are so many broken-hearted people out there that are dealing with things that you have absolutely no idea what's going on. We're really good at faking it. People can hide a lot of stuff that you would have no idea just with a smile. If you really dug deep into what they're dealing with and in their life, it'll blow your mind. And you know, I think we live in a society where we've basically been so consumed with self gratification and thinking of ourselves and what's the next thing that we forget that we're not made to just live by ourselves, but to live and love one another. That's why Paul tells us that we are members of the body of Christ. The eye can't say to the hand, "I don't need you." We need each other. We need to bear one another and to lift each other up when we're going through these hard times. And that's why we're starting a church in Franklin. And 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 you know that's that's part of what the church is there for. It's to build each other up, to edify, comfort one another through the word and through the singing of spiritual songs. And so I remember my life, what it was like being that fool that was built his house upon a sand, the sand. And then I remember when I believed at first, and you know when I was instructed. Well, now you need to get in the book. The instruction that I received was read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Study the life of Jesus Christ. Become a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I did that. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And guess what? When I read it, I not only read it, but I tried to do it because that's what Ma- that's what Jesus told. You in Matthew seven, that's whoever heareth these words of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man that doeth them, which built his house upon the rock. So it's not just a matter of just hearing the word, but doing it is what Jesus Christ taught was would be that equivalent of the wise man, not only hearing but doing. And so I tried to do that. I tried to live out the doctrine that. Christ taught in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The problem was, I did not understand. No one told me. No one showed me that the context of what we're doing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—it's Jesus Christ dealing with his ministry to the circumcision. It was Jesus Christ in the flesh coming to fulfill all the the promises that the prophets talked about. It's not until you get to the book of Acts. Where you see something change, and God select Saul of Tarsus, 
said, this is my chosen vessel unto the Gentiles, all the other nations, and committed unto him the revelation of the mystery of Christ, that Christ not only came just for Israel, but he came to die for all, for everyone. And, uh, you know, Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 4. Let's go there. Romans chapter 4. And in Romans chapter 4, we'll be starting in verse 3. Romans 4 verse 3. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So, here we see Paul talking about Abram. Abram was a Gentile before he became circumcised. And Abram believed God, believed the word that was spoken to him. And what does it say? That belief, it was counted unto him for righteousness. Then Paul goes on to talk about works versus grace. If you do a work, now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. And when you look at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look at the doctrine of Peter, James, and John, and their ministry to the circumcision, all of it was based upon works. You had to do these things in order to get those things. In, order, in other words, you had to repent and be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and then you would receive the Holy Ghost. This was completely different from what Paul is reading, uh, telling us and explaining in his epistles. He says, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted to righteousness. And so he, he quotes David talking about prophesying that blessed is, is, are those whose iniquities and are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Basically saying when you look at Paul's doctrine, you read Romans through Philemon, you get to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Paul delivered, I first, delivered unto me, first of all, that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins. Christ shed his blood for our sins. You can't find that anywhere else in the scriptures. Because it wasn't committed to anyone but Paul. And what happens today, and a lot of people that are ignorant of this truth, they try to take Paul's doctrine and apply it out, elsewhere out in the books. And saying, oh, it applied here and it applied here. no. That's not how it works. Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And you believing that Christ died for your sins. Christ did all the work for you. He paid it all. He died a brutal, horrible death at Calvary. And it was God's will for his life that God the Father delivered up his son for us. And that it's a free gift. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. 
not of works. It's a gift of God. That is what God's doing today. But a lot of people, and like myself, I tried to live Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because that's where I was told. I was told to go there and I would read. I'm like, oh, I got to do this. Well, I was doing the wrong things. I was doing the things that Christ taught the 12. And it's crazy because when you get into Matthew 10 and Matthew 24, Christ told these Jews, these 12 apostles, don't go into the way of the Gentiles. Don't give that which is holy unto the dogs. Christ even said so himself. I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why? Because that's what God was doing at that time. It wasn't the time yet for God to raise up the apostle Paul and give him the instructions for not only just Gentiles, not all the, all the nations, but also the Jews that Peter and the Twelve never went to. And so, that's important for you to understand. So, I want to talk about the foundation. I want to talk about the foundation now. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to be jumping in at verse 10. Now Paul writes, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which hath built thereupon, he shall receive a warn. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So Paul is talking about building a foundation. And that foundation is Christ, the Word. Christ has many names in the Bible. One of them is the Word. And this ties in with what Christ was talking in Matthew chapter 7. But it's important for you to understand that Peter and Paul had different gospels, different foundations, different doctrines that were committed to each of them. You know, and when you get into rightly divine the word of truth, a lot of people want to try and vilify. And it almost like Peter and the circumcision are bad guys. No, they were working together. They were just given two completely different programs that God had plans. God had plans to bring restoration to the earth. And His chosen people for it were the nation of Israel. God also had plans to bring restoration to heaven. And that is through God's chosen people, the church, the body of Christ, that are going to inherit heaven. Those places where Satan fell. And the angels that he brought down with him. And so... God's doing two different things in this book. Same book, but different Gospels. And right now, Peter's Gospel and all of that, the, all the details of what goes with it, that prophetic program is at a halt right now. And we're living in what's called, Paul calls the dispensation of the grace of God. 
the revelation of the mystery that is now made manifest through the scriptures of the prophets and is now made known to us, meaning it's not a mystery anymore. God kept stuff secret before the world began, and now it's all revealed right here in these 13 books. So what are you building your life upon is the question I want to ask you. I, for the longest time, was trying to build my life upon the foundation of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that doctrine that was not made for me. It was made for the Jews. It was made for Peter and the little flock, that righteous nation. Or are you building your life upon the revelation of the mystery of Christ, Christ dying on the cross for your sins, His bloodshed, where we have the forgiveness of sins, and trusting that free gift that Christ gave. He loved you so much that He literally died for you, shed His own blood. So, what are you building your foundation upon? I find it interesting because I, when I first believed, I, I kind of dove headfirst into all of these churches. I was in and out of almost every single denomination. And there were churches where we'd spend basically every single Sunday and every time a message, every time we're in the message Sunday, it was just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we'd say that we're saved by grace, but then they'd read the separating of the sheep and the goats. And what they were doing essentially is what you're doing with grace. Well, you can't take Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because that's completely under the law. What a lot of people do is they take the things of the law and the things of grace and then they mix it together. It's like taking this clear glass of water and pouring mud in it and dirtying it up. And Paul talks about this time and time again, talking about people perverting the gospel of Christ in the book of Galatians. So it's important that you understand that. Know who your apostle is. Know which words are written addressed to you. Build your life upon that which was spoken to you through the apostle Paul and do it. Why is this so important? Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Paul writing to Timothy, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and end his kingdom. Oh, and just side note, I, I like to just share this. The Lord in that verse, if you don't have the right book, they take the Lord completely out of those modern translations. NIV, ESV, NLT. I think that's important. That's a title. That's his name today. The Lord Jesus Christ. He was not made Lord until after he was resurrected. Just go and look at that in the scriptures. It's a very interesting study. Verse 2, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Why? The next verse, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So, why is this important? Well, we just read it. There's going to come a time, Paul tells Timothy, that people are not going to want to endure sound doctrine. And I'll tell you what, I lived through this. This is real for me. 
There was a time in my life where I read the NIV Bible. I read it for about seven years. And without having a knowledge of rightly dividing the word of truth, because that phrase isn't even in that NIV Bible, I didn't know. I was just correctly handled. And my NIV Bible at that time didn't tell me to study. It just told me to be diligent. So there was no application of doing the work, of studying, diving into the Scriptures. And I was susceptible to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And, you know, I, I, I was told in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to be a fisher of men. That's what I had read. And I saw the signs and wonders that the twelve were doing. And I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. So I started pursuing people that were teaching these doctrines. Because guess what? Everybody wants power. Everybody wants to raise people from the dead and heal the blind and the sick. And what's crazy about that is I found myself now in a place and I was observing what is now I know doctrines of devils that you can't even find in the Bible. Things like fire tunnels, things like the glory of God appearing in a cloud in church services and people were worshiping it. And doctrines of going to graves of saints that walked in these powers of anointings and that you could go to these saints and that were graves and now get their anointings to now, quote-unquote, walk in the power of the Spirit. And teachings of painting a wall and God saving some island because this wall is going to save these people from the tsunami that's hitting. I was in there. I was completely duped. I was not in the scriptures. I was wanting to hear these things. And guess what? I wasn't the only one because this place was packed. There were over 500, 600 people from all over the world gathering in this place. Preach the word. Be instant. In season. Out of season. Reprove. Rebuke. Exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Sound doctrine... For today, as they're in these 13 epistles that Paul wrote. Paul, half of those epistles is about what to believe. The other half is about what to do about it. And it's so important that you get in there and that you study it because there is apostasy running rampant through this world today. And there are people that are building their lives not upon what this book says, but what another man is telling them about what the book says. You should always believe what the Word of God says. Not what I say or what any other man says. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Be not, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, His prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world began. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And if you don't have the right book of the Gentiles, it's removed out of that verse. Let's keep going. Verse 12. 
For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. So Paul's telling Timothy, hold fast to those sound words. Preach sound doctrine. Those things which you've heard of me, not of Peter and the twelve. The book straightens us out. It's not the other way around. And so, I want to end with this. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That's always interesting. I love that phrase because when you look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... Christ is talking about the kingdom at hand. Well, Paul, Christ speaking through him, says the Lord is at hand. What's he talking about? He's talking about Christ coming in the clouds, bringing those that are asleep in him and those that remain in the body of Christ, bringing us up, caught us up in the air, and we're going to be with the Lord forever. Let's keep reading. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Verse 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. That's talking about Paul. Those things that you've learned, received, heard, and seen in me. What are the next word? What's the next word? Do. And then there's a semicolon uh, that's going to explain this. A colon. And the God of peace shall be with you. So Paul tells the Philippians here. Anything that you've learned from me in my 13 epistles, anything that you've received of me, anything that you've heard, and you can, you can learn all these things just reading the book of Acts. Just read Acts 13 through 28 and read Romans through Philemon. You'll see all those things that Paul talks about. Paul tells them to do it. Don't just hear it, do it. And then it tells you, and the God of peace will be with you. And I'd like to issue a challenge. I call it the 28-day challenge. Paul has 13 epistles. You read three chapters a day. In 28 days, you will have read all of those epistles. It just takes 10 to 15 minutes a day in the morning. Read through it. I guarantee you'll change your life. And then read through it again. And then keep reading. And then keep reading. You know, I, I've heard it been said, you could almost read just Paul's epistles. And you'd have everything that you'd need. You don't want to have to read anywhere else. This, there's a lot of truth behind that. But... It's important that we read all of the Bible and not get consumed with the things of the world. That's why Paul, Paul told the Colossians, set your things on things above, not on the earth. Peter and the Twelve, their whole entire mindset was everything on the earth. It's about God establishing His kingdom here on the earth forever. But we have a heavenly inheritance. We are supposed to set our mind on things above, and that's heaven. 
All right, let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for your word that can be instruct us and straighten us out and reprove us. God, I thank you for the gift of salvation, the gospel of Christ, that you delivered up your own son to die for us, shedding his own blood where we have forgiveness of sins and being raised from the dead the third day for our justification and that just simply believing and trusting in you, Lord, that we are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, that we have the Holy Ghost dwelling in us and that's just amazing. We pray for those who are tuning in online that they put their trust in you and that they would seek those words that were spoken to them in those 13 epistles, God, that they would not only hear it, but read it and do it, and that the God of peace would be with them wherever they go. We love you, Lord. We pray this all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in.